0: Welcome to the Neighbourhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighbourhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast.
1: Well, welcome, Neighbourhood Church and anybody else who's out there brand new. Um, Last week, Pastor John began the series talking about faith. And we use this word a lot in our world, and it can mean many different things to many different people. But Pastor John taught from Scripture what faith is and what it isn't. Um, Faith being the currency of the kingdom of light. He talked about living by faith and not by sight. And that's what Scripture tells us to do. Um, I loved when he talked about Pastor Donna's dad and his grandfather. He talked about how Pastor Donna's dad had told her to cling on to God's presence. I just loved that. I left here with it last week. And then um, Pastor John's grandfather, who had this unshakable faith, regardless of his circumstances and life experiences, And this was such a great way to start this series because now we're going to start to walk into some uncomfortable and some hard stuff in the next couple weeks as we talk about fear and then next week we talk about foolishness. Um, we need to know where we stand in our faith before we walk through those sermons. So if you haven't seen the first message of faith, I encourage you to head to YouTube after this message and catch up or find some time in the week to check it out. Um, So now I begin message number two. And we're talking about fear. What it is and what it isn't and having faith over fear and how to walk through fear since let's face it it will come in john sixteen thirty three, it says i have said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world so the truth the word of god says that we will have trouble in this world You will deal with deadly diseases in this world. You will have heartache in this world. You will have death. You will have destruction. You will have pain. We live in a fallen world. This is not heaven yet. It gives us hope to look forward to heaven. But on the end of this verse, he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So I got to looking up fears. And this world is full of them. There, I started Googling phobias, which in the Greek word means fear or horror, and there are so many that are recognized in the medical world. There's five different categories of phobias, just alone, and hundreds and hundreds of them. They're so much so, they're in alphabetical order, and like I could scroll down the list. Um, I'm going to give you a few of them, the first one is arachnophobia, which many people will probably know this one, the fear of spiders. But these next four really surprised me. Allophobia, it's the fear of flutes, like do 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 right? Like the flute. Um, then there is kionophobia, which is the fear of Snow. So if you live here, I'm going to guess, you do not. Oh, Pastor Wainwright has this fear. (laughs) Um, And then there was one called allodoxophobia. And this is the fear of opinions. You could use this one. And the best one, the last one that I'm sure I'll use one day, is saucerophobia. It is the fear of your parent-in-law. Figure that one out. So most of us would probably say that we don't have these particular fears and that they sound silly, but the fact remains to some people, this is very real experience to them. So then I started to look up, okay, since I can't relate to all of those ones, what about the most common fears that human beings face? So I looked online and I found four of the most common fears. And I think most of us will be able to relate in some way to these. So the very first one was the fear of loss. You're afraid that you're going to lose uh, your marriage, um, a person, your finances. Uh, Something could happen to a family member. You could lose your passion or your chance, your youth. Um, It's a fear of loss. You're afraid you're going to lose something. And then the second one is the fear of failure. Afraid to start something new because if you were to start that, it's not going to work. So you're scared you're going to fail. I want to start that business. I want to start that new job. I want to go for that promotion. But because you're afraid of failing, you don't even try. Then there's number three the fear of rejection. I'm afraid that if I do this, if I step into this thing, that I'll be rejected. And honestly, this is a very real one for most people. If I try to step into this new relationship, this new friendship, maybe even a neighborhood group, that you'll be rejected when you go. And this is the fact that it's challenging people more and more because they want to meet people, they want to try new things, but because of this fear of rejection, it holds them back. And then the last one is the fear of the unknown, which right now I think is very real to, very, like to a lot of people. Um, we literally don't know when we'll be able to meet with our families. We literally do not know that. We literally do not know when we will have a church service like we used to have them. We literally do not know those things. When we will feel normal again, Uh, What we don't know is the fear of the unknown, and people get scared. What if I get sick? What if I get a serious illness? Uh, Some people are dealing with that fear in the unknown right now, like what's going to happen with my job? What happens if I can't work? How do I feed my kids? People are dealing with fear of unknown all the time. So when I talked about the phobias in the beginning, they may have seemed a little silly and a little funny, but now after I talk about these four maybe you're a little fearful yourself. Maybe you have all of them. Maybe it's one of them. But I want to give you this scripture right now, if I've stirred anything up. In 2 Timothy 1, it says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So if you're dealing with fear and you feel like your life is controlled with it, here's what I can tell you with confidence. God did not give you that. He did not give you that. And you don't have to walk out of today the same way that you walked into today. So I read this quote in my studies and I couldn't for the life of me figure out who wrote it. So um, I don't have the person's name, but it's not mine. Um, And I want you to remember this. If you remember nothing today at the end of this service, I would like you to remember this quote. Fear is to Satan what faith is to God. Faith does God's work. Fear does Satan's work. Wow, right? When you think about that. If faith is the currency of light, then fear is the currency of darkness. Everyone will experience fear in their lives, and there are big fears that we're very aware of, and then there's little tiny ones that we may not even know about. But what I have learned is that it's very important to understand what fear is and how it works against us. Because if we don't, it can keep us from becoming what God has created us to be, which means you won't get to fulfill your purpose that God has for you. So fear. Fear is a tool that the devil uses against us to make us miserable and destroy our lives. It begins as a thought and then creates emotions that begin to rule over you. It often becomes strong and intense and feeling that kind of tries, it makes you do either a foolish action or tries you to prevent doing something that's actually good for you. It's such a common way that Satan attacks people's lives. To move them from darkness and keep them out of God's will. We will have fears and it is from the enemy. It is not from God. And the enemy will use it against you. In Ephesians 6.10 it says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood but against against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly places. There are cosmetic forces, cosmic forces, sorry, at work here to bring you fear and to destroy you. They want to pull you away from God, destroy your marriage, destroy your relationships, divide us, destroy the church and all those lives around you. But we have Jesus who has overcome the world. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of light. Fear is the currency of darkness. So don't fall back into fear. Christ came to set us free from that. God has broken Satan's power over believers through Christ's resurrection and crucifixion, which forever, forever will conquer the power of sin and death. And although our struggles will still continue in this life, we need to understand to apply the truth that God has provided his power, the strength of his spirit, and his word to enable us To obtain victory over our fears. So I'm going to say this quote again. Fear is to Satan. What faith is to God. Faith does God's work. And Satan and fear does Satan's work. I have literally in the past worried myself sick. Including things about my past. My future. My finances. What people thought about me. The fear of the unknown. Feeling forgotten. Feeling unloved which is often where it begins, but we do not have to fear that God doesn't love us or that he won't come through for us in our time of need. We need to learn to accept the reality of his love for us so that our fears do not control us. In 1 John four eighteen, it says that perfect love casts out fear. If you're afraid of facing a person or a situation in your life, God's love can help you put those fears to rest. During hard times and moments of insecurity, Satan works overtime to try to convince us that God doesn't love us. That if he did, he would either have pulled you out of that situation or he would have delivered you by now. But God does love you, and I can confidently say that. So don't allow the devil to steal this truth from you. In Romans 8:38, Which I pray will comfort you right now as I talk about perfect love. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nothing present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like, amen. Right? Amen. So simply put, after all that explanation of fear, Fear is the opposite of faith. God wants us to walk in faith. Satan wants you to walk in fear. When we learn to live by faith and not let fear rule over our lives, we can live this fulfilling, satisfying, peaceful, and joyful life in Christ. So I'm sure many of you are like, okay, pastor, that's great and all. I've heard that, you know, a million times. But how? What do I do? When I have fear. All of us have experienced it or will experience it. Every single one of us. It could be the things that I talked about. Or it could be the fear of being found out. You feel like you're faking it maybe in lots of areas of your life. Maybe a fear of betrayal. Or a fear of circumstances beyond your control. A fear of coming up short. Just simply insert whatever you're thinking right here. The experience of fear is so common, and it affects even those who walk with God. Hear that, church. Even Christians will experience fear. And this guy that we're about to talk about named Jehoshaphat today. And if you're experiencing fear, the first thing I want to do is try to put you at ease because your fear, your fear is not evidence in any way that you were less in God's eyes. It's not from God, but it doesn't make it you any less in God's eyes. So please hear that today. Fear stems from inadequacy, and we're all inadequate. But it's what we do with our fear that matters. Do we hold on to our faith, put our faith over our fears, and there's truly opportunity here, and that's what I'm going to look at today instead. As we take opportunity in our fear, it will lose power over us. Instead of just talking about how to get rid of it, or I've heard many times online or or read books that here's your step-by-step guide to never have fear again, I don't want to do that. Instead, today, I want to show you how you can use your fear, walk in your fear for the glory of God. That's what I want to try to show you here today, putting our faith first, which then God will help us overcome it. And then we can see God will work through this experience of fear. So are we ready? I am going to show you four opportunities because four is just, you know, a good number, Um, uh, of experiencing fear and how we're going to, and how we're going to respond. And we're going to actually take time at the end of this service to respond to this as well. And we're going to head all the way over into the Old Testament today. We're going to be in 2 Chronicles 20, and we're going to read about a man named Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat was a king in Judah, And he'd been a king in Judah for 25 years. He took the throne at the age of 35. And he was the fourth king to reign over Judah after the nation of Israel was split into a north and south kingdom. So he's the great, great, great grandfather of King David. And Jehoshaphat, we are told, was one of the really good, rare kings. Because I mean like every king in Israel's history, they're human, so they all have flaws. But as you read their stories, you almost are revealed in scripture that they're complete and total failures, (laughs) almost all of them. But here in Chronicles, they tell us that Jehoshaphat walked with God. So one day in Jehoshaphat's reign, the kingdoms of Moab, Ammon, and Edom, these decided they were going to overtake Judah from Jehoshaphat. So they took their armies, they hid, they were shielded by these mountains, staying hidden to the nation of Judah. But one day Jehoshaphat finally gets the news of these armies are already in position and ready to invade, and that's where we pick up. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 3. And this is Jehoshaphat's response. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid. Fear gripped the king of Judah, this man who's walking with God. So now let's look at his reaction for our opportunities that can come out of it. So, my very first opportunity seek God. So, we see that Jehoshaphat is afraid, and then we notice what he does with his fear in 2 Chronicles. We're still in verse 3. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. Now, there are a handful of things in this life, a handful of things, not many, (laughs) that have the ability to shake us out of the illusion of independence, control, and self-reliance. And fear is one of those things. Fear can shake us and can often be a gracious reminder in our lives that we need help. Fear can bring us to our knees. And when our souls are in that position and they're bowing because of our inadequacy that's when you can properly approach the king of the universe fear can actually help us do that in a roundabout way bowing like that does not come natural to any of us now listen to me i'm not saying fear does not come from god It comes from Satan, but in our weakness, in our fear, we can discover how dependent we need to be on God. I think if we're honest, we're not good at this, any of us. We get into these patterns, so okay, fear happens, whatever your thing is. First, we think we do is we think mind over matter, right? first thing we do is I'm going to get this figured out. We take control. We squeeze every ounce of control we have out of this situation and see where that leaves me first. That's the first thing most of us do every single time. If and when that fails, maybe a little bit of panic starts to set. We start to feel it, and then it can either lead to a little bit or a lot of anxiety, depending on what we're talking about. And now we can live in this place, for a while, but eventually the panic is going to lead to stress. The stress will lead to anger, possibly, maybe health problems, or maybe someone just finally says to you, enough is enough. You need to get over this. Then, and only then, do I decide to go to God. Then we look to God. But see, there's a lesson here in what Jehoshaphat did. He didn't, he didn't run with the fear. He didn't try to control it like we tend to. He realized that he was inadequate and he went straight to his knees. So, pastor, what is, what is seeking him even look like? Seeking God in our fears. What does, what does that look like? Well, I'm going to look at Jehoshaphat here. And we continue. And proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. When we seek the Lord, we need to do it with intention and with activity. Sometimes we talk about faith, we say we walk with God, or we're seeking the Lord, and we don't actually do anything. Or we forget that this is a relationship. We think if I'm seeking the Lord, we just like utter a little prayer in our minds or in our hearts, and then we just keep doing the exact same thing that we've always been doing. Seeking God requires intentionality. It requires action. So, these next few comments are kind of sub points of seeking God um, that I think are important that we can learn from him in verses four to nine. So, he prays and he says, picking up at verse five, and Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nation in your hand or power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. So, the first thing he does when he prays is he remembers who he is, who God is the king of the universe, power over all, authority over all, power and all might. That's the first thing he does. And then, Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people in Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And then they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon you, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house and cry out to you in our reflections and will hear and save. So he prays, he's seeking God, he remembers who he is, and now he prays about what God has done. He remembers what God has done in the past. You you have been transformed from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Praise Jesus. The God who rescued you and transformed your heart, he will not leave you. And then he prays what God is doing. If things go badly, we will stand in your house and we will cry out to you because you're always working even when we don't see it. So in the middle of your fears, we need to seek him and remember who he is, what he has done, and what he is doing. And like Jehoshaphat, go to him in prayer and tell him. Pray God's words right back to him. And then the second opportunity. Confess our inadequacies or our fears. So in verse 12, it says, "O oh our God, will you not execute judgment on them? We are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I love that. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are set on you. I'm in over my head. I am scared. I don't know what to do. God, I I can't do this. I love that you're shaping me. I love that I'm growing. I love that you're working in my life. But I'm telling you the water is here. And I'm about to drown. It's beautiful words. Words I believe he wants to hear from you. Lord, I'm too weak for what you've called me to do. I must say that weekly. I'm out of my depth. I'm out of my element. I have no clue what I'm doing. It's beautiful because it means it's time for Him to show up in power. There is where God is, that's where He works. We need to give up our control. Stop putting mind over matter. Confess our inadequacies, confess your fears. Confess our fears so God can show up and move in power and in might. We can't do anything without God. He's our strength. He's my strength. And the third opportunity, we're in verse 15, to hear God's voice. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great hort, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So, in our fear, we have the opportunity to seek God, and then we move and we confess our fears and our inadequacies, and then we get this amazing opportunity to hear his voice. He heard him say do not be afraid don't despair the battle is not yours the battle is mine if in your fears right now if you can seek god and you can confess you're ready to hear god's voice and and one of the best ways to do this is through god's word i'm going to take a minute right now if you're there if you're in that fear i want to speak to you. I want God to speak to you through his word. You can close your eyes. You can keep them open. But I just really want you to hear these scriptures that I'm going to read. Because if you're walking in fear and you want to seek the Lord and confess your fears, then your heart is primed right now to hear these words. And I want to invite you just to, yeah, close your eyes. Just shut off whatever's around you and listen to this in the middle of that fear. And I'm going to read through these quickly. There's quite a few, but in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I could go on and on. The point is that God is speaking to you right now now, through his fear, through your fear. Hear these words in your fear. He says, fear not, for he is God. The battle is not yours. It's his. And my last opportunity, number four. I'm going to read through this last portion, 18 to 23, quickly, and then I'll surprise you with the last one. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all of Judah and its inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Teko. and when they went out... Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire, as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were rooted. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. So, that's a lot. A lot of weird words. So, the nation of Judah comes to confront the army, but before they get there, The battle is over. Jehoshaphat arrives on the scene, the object of his fear. He faces his fear after doing what? Seeking God, confessing his inadequacies, hearing the voice of God saying the battle is mine and it's not yours. And he gets there and it's done. His only responsibility was to look to him. His faith, his his faith over his fear, his faith in who God is and his promises. He chose the kingdom of light, people, over the kingdom of darkness. And I don't want you to miss this. This is my last point, my fourth point. He worshipped before, during, and after he worshipped. He worshipped in his fear, he worshipped through his fear, and after his fear was defeated. You see, as this chapter ends, we're not going to read the rest of it, but the Lord does deliver Judah. And they do so much so, so much good, so much spoils, as they say, it took three days to collect all of the riches. And they worshipped and enjoyed the victory through God. And worship team, you can come up. When we turn to Jesus, your weakness becomes his glory. And he displays his great power. He rewards you. Like, okay, just listen to this right now. This is really important. Listen to what I'm about to say. He gives us faith and then rewards us for our faith. Like, like it's, I can't even understand it. <laughs> it is so crazy. And, and that's what we're going to do next. We are going to respond to this message. We are going to worship. The worship team is coming up. Um, it is, this is the time. I know it's different, church. I know we're not together and we can't have an altar call or you can't feel like there's somebody close to hug and to pray you. But you can respond in your home. And I want to encourage you today to do that or to reach out to the church on the connect card or at the office, like we're here for you. So I'm gonna repeat where I began. Fear is to Satan what faith is to God. Faith does God's work, fear does Satan's work. So if you are experiencing fear, I encourage you one more time today to seek God, to remember who he is, what he's done, and what he's doing. Confess your fears, confess your inadequacies, listen to his voice through his word, read his word and his promises, and then worship him before it, during it, and through it, and watch his power show up. The victory is already his, church. So there's this song that many of you might know. This is how I fight my battles. And I am not a singer, so I will warn, warn you now. But it's hard for me to control it with some of these words. We need to lean into his presence. We need to cling to it. Like, hold on, like, white knuckle, as hard as you can, people. Cling to his presence. Put your faith before your fear. This is how I fight my battles. Don't try to reason it away with your humanity. Don't go Googling your way through it, whatever it is to try to make you feel better. Don't let the enemy pull you into the kingdom of darkness. Stand strong and unshakable in your faith. Lean into the kingdom of God. This is how I fight my battles. I want you to sing this with me. I want you to sing this as I talk, as the worship team leads us. Even right now, if things are pressing around you, things are out of control, this is how you fight your battle. By leaning in, by trusting, your faith will begin to grow, I promise you. You will see his power. This is how I fight my battles because God is with me, I know that he has rescued me. He has restored me. This is how I fight my battles. With my hands lifted high, my voice completely off key, I will rejoice and say, this is how doesn't look the way that I want it to look even though the diagnosis that you got yesterday was not what you thought this is how I fight my battles I'm going to trust you I'm going to trust you Jesus with everything I'm going to worship our way through it I'm going to praise my way through it I'm going to shout my way through it because he Your problems. This is how we fight our battles. So church, join me. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how we fight our battles, church. This is how.
0: We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.